What a great day. The day before the beginning of the year. Christmas, well, I was going to say Christmas, New Year's Eve, because last Sunday was the day before Christmas, which was Christmas Eve. And now it's New Year's Eve. I'm excited about it. Amen? I'm, I'm just excited about this whole month, I'm excited about this year. I really have this expectation of it being the best yet. And, you know, with that statement, it, it sounds like just saying something like that is enough. No, that statement comes out of preparation and a heart that is prepared and ready to do everything that God says to do. Amen? And God wants his people to be that way more and more all the time. And so some things that I'm going to share with you, I'm just going to lay a foundation for the rest of the month this morning. But the, the title uh, the title will probably change the next time that I preach, but the title today is just Vision 2018. And um, two things that I'm going to share with you today that everything else in the month will center around these two, these two things, these two subjects that I believe um, really framed and molded the life of Jesus. Two things that I believe you and I have to make a part of our lives like never before. And number one is, in 2018, my challenge to you is to love like Jesus loved. To love like Jesus in 2018. And the second thing is, to serve like Jesus served. To love and serve. And... Uh, <clears throat> You know, as we always do, I, I, I've said this before, I've, I've tried to preach messages without Scripture, um, but it just doesn't work. I've tried to preach messages with less Scripture, you know, and sometimes that works. But today I've just got a number of Scriptures to build the point that I want to make and and to establish some things, some foundation for you about this coming year. And I, I really believe if your ears are open to receive this, that this will bless you and bless your life. Amen? Um, I want to start with, uh, in the Old Testament, the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk chapter um, 2 and verse 2. It says, Then the Lord answered me, and he said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak, and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. <laughs> Seems like he's contradicting what he's saying. But in, in essence, what he's saying about vision is, write the vision on the tablet of your heart. If you're a part of Gates of the City Church, you're here this morning, and you're a part of this church going into 2018, God wants you to write the vision of, of what we're doing. We're part of the body of Jesus Christ, but we're doing something specific. And he wants that vision established on the inside of you and in your heart. All month long, you'll get clear vision about what we're here for and what we're here to accomplish he wants that established but you can never be a part of listen to me when I say this 
You can never be a part of a corporate vision if you don't have a personal vision. But you'll never see your personal vision established if you're not connected to something that's bigger than you are. It's just the way God set it up. If you've been around here at all for very long, we've taught about it for years. All month long, we're going to teach about it some more, but in a little bit different way. We're going to hit it from several different angles, understanding vision and the purpose behind it. Because ultimately, whose vision is any vision? Ultimately, it's God's. And you're going to see that in the scriptures, in the 48 scriptures that I'm going to read you in the next 30 minutes. Just teasing. Only 28. No, I'm teasing. So, let's look at some things regarding vision. Like I said, I want to build a foundation to prepare you for the rest of the month in in what I'm going to share along this line. Um, But, Man, I mean, I, I, this, this, this stuff just excites me. I mean, I love to share this stuff because this, the, the Bible is like a puzzle. It just, it's all these pieces and they just, they fit. But, but to read the Bible the surf, on the surface, it looks really confusing, really difficult, really demanding. It looks really hard. But say this, word after, say this word after I say this. Simple. That's what the Bible is. It's very simple. It's not easy, but it's very simple. The Bible is very simple. And if you're sitting there thinking, man, I don't know how he said that. He must have studied it for years. No, no, no. I'm telling you, from the first day you read it, the Bible can be very simple. If you're born again, then your spirit man is activated and it's alive, and you want something other than natural stuff. You want something that's beyond natural things. There's something that's hungering on the inside of every person, even if they're not born again, but but once you become born again, there's a hunger for something that's bigger and better than just what the natural world can offer. So follow me in these scriptures. I'm going to read in a few different translations. But I'm going to start with Ephesians 2 and verse 10. Ephesians 2 and 10, I'm going to read this out of the NIV. So he said, write the vision. And then there's something that's very important about you personally here. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do it. Dang. So, God, we're already his handiwork. In other words, he's already formed and made us. He's already created our destiny. I'm going to prove that in the scripture right now. And he created us in Christ Jesus to do good works, which the good works have already been created. So he created you for good works, but he's already got the good works created so so what do we have to do we just have to find out what those good works are that we're supposed to be involved in can you say amen what are we talking about today loving like jesus and serving like jesus first corinthians one 
1 Corinthians 1 and verse 26. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the, the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are, which are mighty, and the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen, and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. That no flesh should glory in his presence, that we should glory in him. Now, I'm going to come back to that passage in a minute when I, after I read something else shortly. But I want to make this point because early on in my Christian walk, I had the understanding that the dumber you are, the more God would use you. And that's not what he's saying right here. The more uneducated you are, the more God would use you. That's not what he's saying. So, so remember, I'm going to come back to what he says right there. <clears throat> Ephesians 1 <clears throat> and verse 3. Ephesians 1 and 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, has already, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose who? Who? No, who? Say me. He chose you. Right? Just as he chose you. What, what did he say in 1 Corinthians 1? Consider your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many uh, noble are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God has chosen. Right here it says, just as he chose you and me in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So, he already has your destiny he already has your vision. He's already created you to do it. Wow. So you mean we don't have to create our own destiny? You mean we don't have to create our own world? We don't have to create this, that, or the other? We don't have to establish things and get everything all worked out and those kind of... He's already got it prepared. All you have to do is learn to walk it out. How do you do that? You hear him and then you do what he says. So, so how do you hear somebody that's not physical? How do you hear him? You hear him spiritually. How does that hearing come? Faith in God comes by what? Hearing his word. What you're hearing today is helping to establish you spiritually on the inside. And when you're established spiritually on the inside, you have the ability to know what he's attempting to get over to you and how to lead you. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of who? The Lord. What's a righteous man? A person that knows who he is in Christ. That he ha the rights that he has. He knows the revelation of the word. It's, it's coming to him on a day-to-day -day basis. Doesn't mean you know everything. You don't know anything like you need to know. I don't care how saved you are or how many years you've been born again. 
You don't know anything the way you need to know it. So we establish this right here that he chose us before the foundation of the world. And he chose us for good works for us to do those good works. What are we talking about today? Loving like Jesus loved and serving like Jesus served. Matthew chapter 20. And I, and I want to read, verse, starting with verse 26. And I'm going to read this out of the NIV also. Matthew chapter 20. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 20 and verse 26. <clears throat> Not so for you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you, you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. Verse 27. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Verse 28. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give. He came to serve and to give. God so loved that he what? He gave. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. The son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. If what you're wanting out of life is to be served, motivation's wrong. Doesn't mean you won't be served, but that can't be your motive. If you want to be served in life, and that's all you're about, I just, I don't, I, I want things out of the way, I, I, I don't want to be, have to be busy, I just want people to do everything for me. It's a wrong motive. The motive's wrong. Doesn't mean the end results won't be that certain things get in line and, and you're more productive at other things, but that can't be your motive. It can't be. So, <clears throat> let's read 1 Corinthians 9, and we read this back in our series in September. We read this passage, and we talked about this, and I told you that at the beginning of the year that we would talk some more about this, but it's a powerful passage of Scripture, and we're going to read it out of the Message Bible. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 19 through 23, and it says... <clears throat> Paul, this is what Paul's saying about his life. And he says, even though I'm free of the demands and the expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily, I have voluntarily, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people. Religious people, non-religious people, Meticulous moralists, loose living immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. Say whoever. Uh, Next one. I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ. 
but I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I did all this because of the message. I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. This year you need to meditate those four scriptures in the message Bible. You need to meditate on the verbiage there and allow that to become a part of your life. Because there lies the secret to what the verse of scripture that we just read in Matthew 26. And there are two things in there that most people are after. Being great and being number one. And Matthew 20, 26 said, to be great, you become servant of all. And to be number one at something, you become a slave. And what we're talking about today, you become a slave of loving. Because it said, Jesus gave of himself. Why? Because he so loved people. And when you so love people, and you're willing to be a servant of all, voluntarily from your heart. Remember, we're talking about a servant's attitude from the heart. Not something that you're forced to do. Something you choose to do. You make a decision to do. When you become that person, you will be great and you will be number one at any and everything that you do. Can you say amen? So, <clears throat> there's several things that, I, that you, you'll get this in some of the more details that we go into in these verses of Scripture. Pretty much the rest of the month, we're going to dissect these passages of Scripture. There's a few others, but most of them right here. And one of the things that I want you to see is this. This is what I have learned in myself. That you find yourself when you become a doer of the word. You find who you are when you become a doer of the word. Now, hear what I'm saying. many people usually at the age of 18 they go off to college to find themselves say this after me pastor didn't say college was a bad thing okay but they go to college to find themselves What's the purpose of education? Yeah, to educate you. (laughs) The purpose of education is to educate. And that's a good thing. Purpose of education is not to find yourself. You will not find who you are at college. You won't find who you are at college because you're going to find what you were created for. Your 
purpose was already established before the foundation of the world. You go to college with purpose, you have a desire for a vocation, you do whatever, go and establish yourself and do all the things that you need to do to be good at what you do. But you will not find out who you are through education. or intended to. You find out who you are when you become a doer of the Word. And doing the Word is all wrapped up into the two things we're talking about today. Loving like Jesus and serving like Jesus. That's where you find out who you are. If he said, okay, so if you have, in your life, you have a desire, I'm just picking something. Let's say you have a desire to go to start in a, in a company, work up the corporate ladder and become CEO of a major corporation in America. Let's say that's your desire. And, and, and you're after that, okay? And along the way, let's say you didn't know God at all and along the way you get born again. And you've got, you know, nine miles of past debt for educational loans and all these kind of things and you're on the track the fast track to become what you thought you wanted to be so you get born again you begin to hear the word preached and you begin to find things out from the word that begins to kind of change a desire on the inside of you but you don't know what to do with that I can't do anything with that man I've I've got all these school loans. I can't make an alteration. I've got to stay on this corporate hump and stay after this thing because this is what I'm called to do. When what I just read to you, and I've got another dozen of those scriptures to back it up, you, weren't, you didn't choose yourself. He chose you. He called you. And who he calls, he equips. Has nothing to do with education. His equipping is all spiritual. But I promise you, he can really talk through an educated person in a greater way if an educated person will listen. If they'll open their ears and listen and, and put their education to the side and let spiritual things that many times don't make natural sense, let those things speak to you. You and I have a, it's really, I think the, the right word is a responsibility in life. We have a responsibility to learn why we were put here. Because when you don't know why you're put here, oftentimes it's hell for you and you make it hell for everybody around you. Because when you have a spiritual void on the inside of you because you're working your way to something that you weren't created for necessarily. And I'm not saying if you went to college and you've got all this education and you're doing this thing. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying that if you weren't born again and you had no understanding of the things of God and you're living life thinking this is what you were called to do, it may be different. 
Especially if what he had planned before the foundation of the world isn't what you're actually involved in. But you know what I've noticed? Anybody that had a different plan, anybody, anybody that had a different plan, what they invested all that time and energy into was not a wash. Never. Never is it a wash. Actually, God will use it in such a way that it will make you better than you would have been had you not done and been faithful to the things that you were faithful to. From the time I can remember, I was raised in a home where my father was a golf professional, and so I played professional golf. I mean, I, I, he was a professional golfer. I did play professional golf, but, but so I played golf. So all my growing up, that's all I could see. Wasn't born again. Family wasn't born again. Household wasn't born again. Nobody had the understanding of the things of God. And so, you know, I mean, I worked hard. I was good. I had lots of trophies. I mean, I went, I played really good in high school. I played, I, I got born again right in the last two months of my high school. I, I went to college on a golf scholarship. First year, played really good, won a lot of awards. And then all of a sudden, this void I go into the second year of playing golf and I could have played better when I was 12 because there was just a void I'd been born again for a year or more and something was happening I was hearing the word I was hungry for the things of the word the word was going in me and all of a sudden there was a change I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know how to respond. I mean, man, I mean, my whole vision, I wanted to be a master's champion. I wanted to be this. I wanted to be that. I wanted to do all this stuff. It was all about golf, all golf, 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 golf. Well, there's no way I could know anything else because that's just what it was around, right? If I'd have been around horses all my life, then I'd have done stuff with horses. If I'd have been, you know, around something else, I'd, that's what I would have done because usually that's what you do. At least for a season, you'll do that. But all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the desire was waning and leaving, and I didn't know what to do with it. Actually, it scared me. It was my identity. It's who I was. That's all I knew. I didn't know anything else. I mean, I was a basketball player also, but I didn't, that, I, I, I had, somewhere in there, you had to decide, and I decided in golf and kind of left the other there, and, and, and you know, I mean, I, I, I didn't even know how to hammer a nail. And I met my wife, and her father tried to teach me, and one of the first times they let me have a hammer, uh, I busted her grandpa's thumb wide open. Here, let me hold it. I said, uh, Grandpa, maybe you ought to let me hold it. No, I'll hold it. <laughs> right on his thumb. He stood there, he looked at me, he said, hit it again. <laughs> and I kind of hit his thumb again. I didn't know how to hammer a nail. I didn't know anything. What am I going to do? What am I going to what, what, what am I gonna do? But I couldn't deny something was happening on the inside of me. What was happening? The vision, the purpose, the destiny, what God had called me to do before the foundation of the world began to be established. Before I was born again, I won't give you all the reasons, but I used to say, I used to have this thought, and then after I got born again, this is what I said. 
I don't know what my future holds, but I'll never be a pastor. And I said it, and I said it, and I said it over and over and over and over and over and over again. So, what I was really good at, now watch what I'm trying to say. Go back, uh, put uh, 1 Corinthians 1 and 26 back on the board. So what I was really good at, that's not what his ultimate plan was for my life before the foundation of the world. You think God knew what golf was? Before the foundation of the world? Absolutely. He knew what everything was. So before the foundation of the world, he had a plan for me, and so this wasn't working out, and what he was doing was preparing me for ministry, and I mean, the way things worked towards preparing me for ministry was, I don't know how I got in these situations. Then I had three prophetic words come to me. You've been called the pastor. Oh my gosh. Made my neck sweat. I wouldn't want to do something like that. Look at me. I mean, I had hair. You know, I had long hair, and 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 I, I you know, I didn't. I, I wore shorts all the time. I owned a business when I was in the valley, and I, uh, and my dress was a t-shirt and shorts. What do you mean? I mean, I love Jesus, and I share Jesus with people, but not not pastoring. That 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 that's, that won't fit. But God had a plan. See. And, and, and see, what God did, he said, he said, for you see your calling, brethren, that there are not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called in these certain areas. See, I wasn't wise, I wasn't noble, I didn't have understanding about pastoring. In fact, God, you, you, you picked the wrong guy. But there's all kinds of people in the first few years that I pastored. I mean, I felt so intimidated. I'd listen to messages by a guy, many of you didn't even know, a guy by the name of Jack Hayford. I mean, he was so eloquent in his delivery of the word. And I, I mean, and I just, I would just think of myself and think, man, you, you, you're, you're worthless. But I believed in what I spoke. I believed it. And what I shared with people, I really believed in. And even though it wasn't the conventional way necessarily to preach, and maybe if you're here for the first time and you never heard me preach, you're probably thinking, yeah, it's still the same way, you know? But today it doesn't matter because I believe in what I'm doing because I was called before the foundation of the world. Notice, there's not many mighty, not many noble. He's not talking about dumb people. He's talking about uneducated people where a certain calling is concerned because then he wants to equip you so you don't go into the calling with all of your ways of doing things. He wants to do it his way. This coming year... If you want to find that and you want to be great at it and you want to find that and be number one at your vocation, then you're going to learn to love like Jesus loved and you're going to learn to serve like Jesus served. Because what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9 right there is what you need to establish in you and quit Wearing yourself out trying to become something that actually you already are. And in most people's cases, they just don't know it. Why? Because they've not learned how to hear God. Because they don't value the preaching and the teaching of the word to establish things on the inside of you. See, not only did he create you for good works, but he already created the good works. Wow. Gosh. I, I just... Just 
hollered off there for a moment. He created the good works. He created the good works. He created them. He already created the things that you're supposed to be walking in, He already created. So all you got to do is just follow the footsteps. And Psalm uh, something says the Word of God is a, it's a lamp to your feet and then it's a light to your path. And this is the way God is. He, he illuminates your feet and when, when you've got a revelation of the Word, He illuminates your feet and then He'll light the path just to like right here. See, because if he lights it down there, you'll pass all these steps. He said, the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. So he lights a little bit of the path and he said, come on, take this one. I've never done that before. What are people going to think? You know, I'm all that. And along the way, he says, this is my path for you. And the more you stay with the word, your feet stay illuminated, and he lights a little bit more of the path. Oh, yeah, I remember. those were hard, but okay. Yeah, okay. Why? Because he chose you to do this. You didn't choose yourself. He chose you to do this. See, because what we read is earlier is that he wants the glory for what happens with you. Because he made you, and he made the plan for your life, and he doesn't want you to go to the grave not fulfilling what he called you to do. And I don't care if you're 45 like Pops, or you're 105. He'll take you right where you're at, And if all you had was a year left to live, you can fulfill your whole destiny if you'll do what he says to do. But the only way to do what he says to do is to hear him, and the only way to hear is by receiving the word that is preached and doing something with it and allowing that word to be established on the inside of you. That's the only way. There's no other way. I've looked for all the uh, shortcuts. They don't work. They don't work. And when you stay thinking the same way when you stay with the same stinking thinking in your life that hasn't got you where you need where you're looking to go if you don't change that thinking then your life won't change won't change but we're not of those who don't change shrink back we're those who are pressing in to the end can you say amen to that that's who we are amen The thing about people is this. Everybody, whether they know it or not, everybody out there is looking for God. Everybody. Everybody's looking for God. And where is God? If you're born again, He's in you. So what that translates out to is, if you're developing a relationship with God and you're growing up in the things of God then everybody's looking for you. Part of your destiny and your plan and your success is in the people that you come in contact with. 
the people that you allow yourself to come in contact with. Not just the people that can do something for you. Listen to me, it's a 50-50 deal. Because the people that can do something for you are one thing. But if you treat those people different than the people over here that can do absolutely nothing for you and what you have they need, if you ignore them, you ignore greatness in your life. You can take that to the bank. You want to be great? You become servant of all mankind. You meditate on 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 23 in the, in, in the message Bible. You meditate on that day and night, day and night, day and night. You'll never become number one at what you're doing if you don't come, become a slave to loving people. You'll never become number one at what you're doing if you don't become a slave to loving people. I know that. And it's not the people that love you. Well, you know, I was nice to them. It's not about being nice. It's about doing what God says. And there's no profit in you loving and being nice or doing good things to people that do good to you. Those people, that, the people in life that can do nothing for you are where you need to start in serving and loving and watching God do something on the inside of you because, listen, you know what stands in our way? Day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, you feel like you're going around the mountain. What stays in our way from advancing is pride, which is the lack of humility. What keeps you from advancing is pride, which equals the lack of humility. You and I learn... It, we, we daily have to learn how to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And one of the best ways to do that is to become a servant of all, serving people. Yeah, but Pastor, that means just everybody I come and con. No, 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 no. I said you hear God and you do what God says. No, no, no. You weren't created to do everything. And you know what? You know what? Um, <clears throat> I'm not picking on her. I'll just use her as an example. Say Kara back there. Uh, how many noticed she has two little kids? Okay, she's a busy mother. Okay. She's got less time on her hands than somebody that works a 12-hour day around adults to minister to people. Did you hear what I said? I'm going to say it again. Someone like that has less time to minister to other people than somebody that works a 12-hour day around adults. I love children, but any day I'd rather spend with adults. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just easier. But, but... I'm just saying, I raised kids, I loved it, and I love kids, and I love being around kids. But it's easier to be around adults. Well, you don't know about, no, 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 no. You can talk about all the stuff that people do, and somebody at work is this way, and people are acting like this, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, you go spend two days with two little bitty children under four years old, four years old or under, and you tell me, you come away and tell me that it's not easier to deal with that backbiting person at work. Yippee-yay. So I'm just making the point. It's not ministering to everybody. 
Every, and don't judge. Well, you know, <clears throat> this week I've, uh, I've shared some things with five people. It's not about how many people you share with. It's about you waking up and saying, God, here I am. Use me today. That's what it's about. That's it. And then he's prepared a day. Listen, think about it. <clears throat> think about it. There's somebody in your day that you don't even have time to stop, and yet God's saying, I want you to spend time with this person. Just take five minutes with this person. There's something that God is doing on the inside of you to get closer to what he called you to be and chose you to be before the foundation of the world. It's in the serving and the loving that you'll find out who you really are. Not spending $150,000 in education. If that's what you're supposed to do, spend it. But you won't find yourself there. You find yourself in loving and serving and the word taking who you are and making you great and number one at what you're called to do. And number one at what you're called to do may not be what the world says is number one. But man, you can be number one at being number two in the eyes of the world for the rest of your life and be the most prosperous, empowered, loving, life-enjoying person that there is on the planet. Because he created us to be great and to be number one at what we do. But there's lies. So, see, when I said 2018 is a great year, if you choose to do this. It's just a choice. It's not a labor. Like I said, you, you know what that entails? Every day purposing that when you get up, your eyes open, you're going to say, Lord, I thank you. This is the day that you have made. I choose to rejoice today. I'm glad in it. I got some things that could distract me, but I'm acknowledging your greatness today. I want to be used by you. I want to hear your voice. I didn't say do that for two weeks and see if something happens. I said, starting this year, you're making a commitment that you're putting God first and you're acknowledging God's greatness and you're learning to hear his voice like you've never heard it before and become servant of all and a lover of all people. No matter what. No matter what. Can you say amen? So, so this last passage of scripture right here and then I'll, I'll refer to the, some that we've already read, but, but just to close this up f- f- until two weeks from now. Um, where am I going? Matthew 9, in verse 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. And that's what we face today. In, 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 a, in a world, man, 2017 has seen some amazing sins of people exposed, have they not? And, and yet, and yet, 
the majority of what was exposed was people that are high profile. So that means people that are like higher up, people that people emulate and they want to be like. So if the higher ups, all this stuff is going on, what's going on on the lower downs? People want to jump on the news and see who the next person is charged with sexual harassment is. But it's just the tip of the iceberg because when it goes on in the higher ups, it affects everybody else on the way down. So listen to me. Listen to me. This sin, this nation is riddled with sin that only Jesus can fix. And you know where it starts? With you. It starts with you. You become a receiver and a doer of the word. You begin to repent and deal with things in your life, maybe that aren't similar to what you see on TV, but things that you need to work on in your own heart. You know what they are. God knows what they are. Thank God today you're not high profile to where your life would be exposed because of something that you've done. Maybe this is a little personal, okay? But I'm going to say this. I had a guy call me about two months ago, and he asked me this question. He said, you see all the things that are happening, like in the, in the world, and with, with all these sexual harassment things? And this guy asked me this question. He said, uh, could somebody accuse you of something? And I thought, that's an interesting question. Man, all of a sudden, I started running my hardware in my soul. There's not a human being on the planet that could accuse me of anything. And I went through it. I told my wife the question that was asked. I said, I want you to know, nobody can accuse me of any kind of harassment in any way, shape, or form. Nobody can accuse me of stealing from them or, or having something, even in, uh, even in my worst days, even in the days before I was born again. So I'm just telling you, nobody could ever accuse me of that because it never happened. Does it mean I'm better than someone else? No, I'm just saying. But I did. That, I appreciated the guy's question because it made me do a research of my own heart. But as I did that, there were some things in my attitude some things in, in who I am, some things in the way that I treat other people that God convicted me about. He said, you deal with them. You get those things out. You, you deal with that attitude and those issues in your life. Don't stay with that because it's keeping you from understanding and knowing all that I called you to do before the foundation of the world. Listen, even if you're in what God called you to do and you know that and it, you have this assurance on the inside, it doesn't mean that's all. Because he never, remember, he lights our feet. He's a lamp to our feet. But he only lights our path as much as we can handle to see. See? So that means that if he lights it to right here, 
That doesn't mean that the rest of it is from here to there. That just means whatever he lights up may be a little bit farther the next time to right here. But, I mean, the path could be around this place a dozen times, what he called you to do. And, and he just wants you to be faithful in the small things. When you're faithful with little things, he'll make you ruler over much. God has a plan for this church, and he has a plan for every individual person that is a part of this church. And when you're connected to something bigger than you, and you learn to serve, okay? It's not just serving in the church, even though it is that, but it's learning to serve people and love people. Amen? And the rest of this month of January 2018, we're going to talk about what this looks like because my heart, my wife's heart, our heart for you is that you become great and number one at what you've been chosen to do on planet Earth. And in those passages of Scripture right there, it was all said. Amen? Um, <clears throat> so, and I said this back in September, and I'm going to say it again. <clears throat> When, when you, when you connect with people, when you go into all the world and connect with people, and you start serving and loving people in ways that God is leading you to do, every human being on the planet wants God. And if a person will learn to love you and like who you are, then they can love and like your God. And when that happens, then you can invite someone to church and they'll come because they want to know the God. They want to know the God that established the person that they like. people love you they'll love your God and the only way they're going to really love you is when you're different than the rest of the world you're different because you have a relationship with God see it's all about God it's all about him a relationship in serving a relationship in giving a relationship in loving you know how to love because you love him because he's in you and you're he's a part of you can you say amen